too much. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, everyone was like 50% complaining about the rain, 50% like, we need this. This is so good. We need this. <laughs> That's, well, I mean, that literally happens every time it rains in Texas. You go outside and it raining, you'll hear that at least eight times. It's yeah. so well, annoying. We, we, we really needed this, you know? It's like, oh, oh you know, but we, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, it's the same people that are like, oh my God, I can't believe it's June already. You're like, yeah. Well, let, cool. look, that's why I'm moving up to nice, warm, dry Seattle, you know? Oh, yeah, dude. No, I mean, it's it's arid up there. I'm just sick of the wet. I'm sick of the rain. I'm sick of it being so cold over here. I'm finally like, going to I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be the, by the beach. Yeah, man. You're going to be in the desert of Seattle. Yeah. You're, you're tired of lush greenery all around you all the time, so that's good. Yeah, if that were around here, I'd be tired of that, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie, man. Part of me wishes that we had moved to the Pacific Northwest rather than California. Really? Yeah, man, it's just the, you know, I love the California vibe. Um, don't get me wrong. The weed here is great. Everything's everything's great. It's just really expensive, and I can't help but feel anxiety every time I take a shower or I have to use the sink or whatever because it's like this place is in a perpetual drought and I'm just sitting here being like man when's this shit gonna dry up when's it just gonna dry up and I'm not gonna have any more fucking water to drink you know I mean I don't know you have an abundance of water in the Pacific Northwest like you're never gonna have to worry about drought up there (laughs) yeah it's it's rough California's got a whole slew of kind of uh disasters happening all at once it has issues this the state has got it's got issues issues. yeah you're you're kind of you're kind of the face of america so you're kind of taking the full frontal force for everyone oh yeah i mean every conservative for some reason hates california (laughs) that's like (laughs) part of being conservative is, is for some reason you have to hate an entire state that you've never lived in or been to you know, and it's like they see California as like that is the example of dystopian, like go- major government over overlooking and oversights and blah blah. And like you live here, and you're just it isn't the only difference between California and Texas to me, other than legal fucking weed, is that gas is double the price. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, great. You know, I pay ninety dollars to fill up my tank here. Then you know, in Austin, it cost me forty bucks. So. That's a huge difference for me. Um, but other than that, dude, like, there's no... They're like, oh, the homeless people are just shitting on your windows. Every window has homeless shit covered on it here, blah, blah. And it's just like, have you ever been to California? Like, you ever drive around the conservative cities anywhere? You're telling me there's no fucking homeless people? Or, like, are you guys so bored and have so much money for your police department that you just arrest all the homeless so no one has to look at them? Yeah, Right. You know, like there, to me, there's no fucking difference. So it's so funny to me that like the conserv one of the conservative bullet points is like, okay, are you conservative? A, do you love Trump? Yes. B, do you hate California? Yes. It's like the, always like the second one. Like I, I go to the conservative subreddit all the time, and they're just talking shit about California. I'm just like, I don't understand the issue. It's I feel like it's not even so progressive over there or anything. It really isn't. <laughs> Like they, you know, we moved here with the idea that it was like the fucking Emerald City 
You know, like it was like the the land of Oz here where it's just everything's beautiful and golden and everyone is either gay or trans or, you know, in a thruple or something. And the good stuff, stuff, you know, like we thought it was going to be way, way, way more progressive and way more liberal than it actually is. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of the opposite story in Texas, right? Where it's like Mm -hmm. the big cities are all kind of uh, liberal and everywhere else is conservative. Yeah. Uh, And you don't expect to walk into Austin and they have like these little bird scooters and these little eateries in the east, you know, and these little (laughs) cafes. and. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel so safe on the east east side because like brown people used to live here, but now they don't because they can't afford it. (laughs) And now that we've finally pushed all the homeless people out uh, of downtown. Yeah. Where are they? they? It's a mess, man. We've. Our, our stuff over here regarding homeless people is absolutely a disaster, man. Yeah, there, there's no system in place except, like, kick them out of their, their city, their little tent cities, and that's it. Just put up spikes where they lay down and hope they go away, and that's like, ugh. It, it just, it pisses me off, man, but whatever. Yeah, I, you know, this, we if no one, if you can't tell already... Listeners, we're becoming a political podcast. Like, eventually, we're going to transition to that. Yeah. Like, Brett wants to be the new Tim Pool. I want to be the next Ben Shapiro. Oh, so, boy. you know, we're 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 doing our best. Uh, but you know, before we get before we become a political podcast, I feel like we should at least end the year with music. You know. Yeah, um, I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah. You know, also, my big thing is, the music is the least of what I like to talk about on this podcast, too, so. Right. You know. and so that's I try just and delay reason. that as much as possible. Yeah. Well, that's why you haven't brought an album in for the last month. That's true. But it's because we also have other plans. Yep. And, and on uh, that note. <laughs> what's up, buddies? What's up, buddies? And welcome to another episode of Earbuds, the podcast where two buds talk about one album for one time. And that's it. Except for this episode and the last episode, the one before that, and the one after this. And the one after, all right? We, we're doing something special here, but, you know, it's because we're the we're the pod couple of oddcasts, you know? Like, well, I, honestly, what I else would you was, expect from us? I thought it was more that we were the pod couple of oddcasts, honestly. You know, Brett, agree to disagree, which I'm sure we're going to do a lot on this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be nothing but contention in this episode. Yeah. It might be the the next Ear Foes episode, another installment of Ear Foes. We'll see. We'll uh, find out. Just to... Uh, we're going to let you guys know. This is the best of albums of the podcast of 2021. It's a very similar concept of the last episode where we talked about songs. This time, it's albums. Yes, and we each picked three of our favorite records that we have talked about this year. Uh, super excited to get into this. The Choice Nugs uh, episode was really fucking fun. And really, you know, uh, uh, I, th- I mentioned it several times on that episode because I got pretty high, which I'm going to do again now. But we, uh, the one of the fun parts is like, you know, a lot of these... Ch- songs and albums that we're both picking as our favorites like we wanted to make it like we pick the other person's 
like our favorite songs from album, like your favorite songs have been albums that I brought to the pod. My yeah. favorite songs were albums that you brought to the pod. And, mm-hmm. and we're sort of doing the same thing with the, with the albums and like our favorite albums of the year. And I'm really fucking excited to get into it, man. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, it's probably going to be pretty easy to know what my three albums are for uh, this episode, but you know, I don't know. You might be surprised. Uh, I'm pretty sure all your albums are different from your songs. Is that right? I They're definitely not one-to-one. Um, some of my favorite songs of the year did not come from my favorite albums, weirdly enough. Um, because for me, the albums are... It's a cohesive piece of work. You know? It's like for me to have it be one of my favorite albums, it has to feel like an album. It can't just be like you know, five good songs and I, I love one of them a lot. And then that ends up being like, Oh, because one of my favorite songs of the, of the year is on this record. This must be my, one of my favorite records of the year. That's not always the case. Well, I mean, I, you know, for me over here, it seems like it was kind of the case that these albums that I love also happen to have my favorite songs in there. I don't think it's, I, I feel like that's probably the more common situation is that you listen to these great albums and you hear the that great song on that great album and you're like oh this one that you know it's kind of the 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 best of a great album and so maybe that heightens it in my mind yeah i think what i what i was purposely trying to do too was i didn't want my favorite albums to be one-to-one you know where my favorite songs came from because part of me just wants to acknowledge some of the really good music that we listened to this year and, and got to talk about. And, um, you know, it was too much good. It's a good problem to have. It was too much good shit to choose from that. I'm like, okay, just because it's my favorite song, uh, you know, like let's say Tierra whack, like silly Sam and, and pretty ugly and all of those, like those were some of my favorite songs of the year, but Tierra whack, it was a 15 minute long record. Like I can't say that I it, that alone to me couldn't be one of my favorite records of the year. Right. And yeah, I it's you know everyone has a different definition of what an album should even be. Uh, but just having cohesive, kind of having a theme, is important. Uh, not just being a thing you compile all your def- separate singles onto. Exactly. You know, and it's it's weird because it's sometimes it's not so easy to see the difference between uh, those types of albums. Like an album that someone put work into th- figuring out the track list and the songs and the themes and the an album someone just had these 10 songs and threw it on an album. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of, that was the, you know, some of the criteria that I got into, like trying to pick my favorite records. And this was way, way harder for me to pick my favorite albums than it was to pick my favorite songs, which was kind of weird for me. Well, I, you know what? I want to just get straight into it with your honorable mentions. Do you have any honorable mentions for your top three? I have a lot of honorable mentions, dude. I Pick your top was, three. Okay. Your top it, three it was, honorable mentions. It was really hard for me to to pick three albums um, over some other ones because a lot of them were were right in line with each other. Like one of mine that I had a hard time not putting in this list was uh, Texas by Sleigh Bells. Really, I I thought you were I 
No, I do remember you giving it a weirdly high rating. I loved that record, dude, and re-listening to it several times, trying to pick my you know top three of the year. It was hard not to include that one, man. Really hard. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was a that was a really cool, just another Slay Bells record, kind of evolving from where uh, we'd known they started. We haven't listened to too much of them uh, before or really since. No, I mean, I, that's the thing is I hadn't listened to this to Texas since we listened to it for our episode. And, you know, I, I kind of like I was scrolling through and I saw that one. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I remember liking that one a lot. And then I put it on. I was like, holy fuck, I forgot how good this is. Right. Um, so, yeah, man, Texas was a, a very close um, contender. And so was Because I Love You by Lizzo. <laughs> oh. Uh yeah, dude, that record is fantastic. Uh, uh, probably one of the better pop records to come out lately, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, and and I think it's kind of the same reasons that I love Slay Bells so much was I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Right. Uh, I didn't expect to like Lizzo this much. I always loved her as a person and as a personality. I followed her on Instagram for years now. Uh, but yeah, I never really gave her music a chance and, and I honestly just thought it wasn't for me and it wasn't meant for me. And man, you forced me to listen to Cause I Love You and Yes it did. That was a really good record. Um and I will say for my last one, and this one probably pained me the most to not include on my list, was Glow On by Turnstile. Oh man. That Oh boy. I went back and forth. I went back and forth with that one. Uh, Really hard not to include it. And honestly, I think the only reason why I didn't was because there were a couple songs on there that I I truly just didn't really care for that much. I can listen to them, but, you know, they're not my I can't listen to the whole record. And it's not a banger, the entire thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just didn't want to have only rock albums in my top three, you know? Right. I wanted to have there's we had a good mix of music this year and I wanted to show that and uh, and kind of pay homage to uh, some of the other genres that we listened to that that we really liked. So, yeah, man, those were my top three, man. Turnstile, Lizzo and and Sleigh Bells were very, very close in the running for me. Like, what were your uh, honorables? Well, I take a massive rip from my bone. Uh <laughs> Hawkeye viewers may notice that we've included our shorties in this list. Uh, you may ask why we didn't include them for the last one, and that's not, you know, a, for you to question. Yeah, it was by design, bitch. Fucking let, leave it alone. Uh, I had two honorable mentions. Only two? Uh, yeah, not too many. Uh, just because, like, I don't know. These three records that I picked are like super in my wheelhouse. I didn't really think about variety or anything. They're all <laughs> they're all kind of rocking. I mean, I put a I put that you know that on myself like to to try and have a a, a wide array of different types of music in my top yeah. choices. But it it was very very closely almost all rock music for me, man. So yeah, uh, that is our wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's my wheelhouse for sure. I'm not nearly as deep into rap as you are or mm-hmm. like reggae uh i i think i might be 
a little more into punk and like now I'm getting into hyper pop, which is a whole other thing yeah, that I don't think we need to talk about yet. Maybe we could, yeah. maybe on the anniversary of when we release Pet Sounds, we could do a review 100 Gex is 1000 Gex. Oh God. That could You're be a great listen little... to that album again. Yep. Oh Jesus. Uh, but my honorable mentions, my first honorable mention is uh, Circle of Demons by At All Cost. Dude, that is never going to stop surprising me that you have turned around on this record so much i turn around really hard on that one man i just i just ran 90 degrees on a whim i just decided to listen to that album when we were reviewing all this stuff i really didn't think much was going to happen but i really came around i dig the hardcore i love the auto tune yeah uh weirdly good production for like an austin band from the thousands or 90s or something uh, yeah, yeah, the aughts. That album came out, I think, in 2007, I want to say, 2006. Uh, my second honorable mention is Malibu. Uh, Malibu. So you were in a total one-to-one uh, with your choice songs, because uh, two of your choice songs were one from Malibu and one from At All Cost. Well, you know what? I just now decided to switch some things around. Oh, buddy. Well, Malibu, uh, you know, I got to say, it's. I feel bad. But a lot of my favorite albums that we did listen to this year were ones that technically I had brought into the pod. Well, yeah. <laughs> so Malibu being one of them, uh, I really wanted to put that up <laughs> like as a <laughs> as a choice album, man. And, and I I didn't get to. Um, and that's that kind of it did uh, suck a little bit for me because it's not like all the albums that I brought onto the podcast were ones that I had listened to before. Like that's not. Oh, wasn't always the case and Malibu was one of them I had, I had not really heard that record before I brought it on and man did I fucking love that album yeah man super smooth Anderson is one of the best like personalities one of the best just artists in the game right now yeah, as Bruno can, can prove yeah for sure um, you can hear Anderson smiling like in all of his songs. Oh yeah. You can hear it in his voice. And I just, I, I love that guy. Like just, just, just per- seeing him makes me smile. Personality through the roof. Just, yeah. Just fucking to the nines with that guy, man. And I love that guy. If you'd allow me to start with my number three album, I think this is one that you really wanted to include on your list. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. All right. My number three choice for best album that we've talked about on the podcast is infest the rat's uh, nest that was a uh i love that record so much and it was so painful for me not to be able to include it man <laughs> king gizzard and the lizard wizard coming Fuck out me with so much stuff out of nowhere a metal album i think it was only three or four of them that made the songs on this album if i remember correctly i'm pretty sure Stu, the singer wrote the majority of the record and they just had a drummer and like the bassist and some synth on some parts. And it was such a a very different kind of project for them, I think. I, man, this record, it was weirdly enough because when we talked about putting it on the pod, I'd only heard like two songs from it. I think Self Immolate and Planet B. And that was like, 
two years ago or something, and somehow I still hadn't sat down and actually listened to this record, despite how much <laughs> those two songs blew me away and got me so excited for like a thrash fucking stoner metal. I don't even want, I don't even want to say stoner metal. To me, it's like more thrash, just grimy as fuck. It it kind of just feels like an '80s thrash album. It does, man. And it's, I mean, it's so choice. A lot of really catchy songs. When you when you hear '80s thrash metal record, don't don't you know, don't underestimate it either. Yeah, don't go into it with any preconceived notions, really, because there it's a hard it's a hard record to describe the sound. Yeah. It's it's very uh, kind of smoky. I would describe it a smoky sounding record. It's grainy. It's dusty. It's dirty. Yeah. It's so just like nasty, dude. It's nasty. It's, it's nasty. Nasty. I mean, like the the way that Stu sings the whole time with his yeah there's there are so many moments on this record that uh just blow me away man how how this band can be the same band that wrote poly Gondwana land it's uh it's crazy to me and it did pain me so much that i could not pick this record <laughs> <laughs> well buddy i did it for you you know uh, and you were were you a big fan of king gizzard like before the pod you know, at the time, I was kind of indifferent to them. I had a little stigma in my head because y'all were always talking about them. And Yeah, I, you're like, why aren't you guys talking about me more? Yeah, I was like, why don't you talk about my music that I make instead of this <laughs> gizzard fella? But <laughs> Instead of the king, this king that you guys king are whatever. with. Uh, but I've gotten more into them over the year. And I'm super into them now. I'm looking forward to each release. Yeah. Uh, they released two albums this year. Now, I'm not going to say anything, but I am going to say that maybe maybe one of those albums is going to be in our award ceremony. Uh, yeah, I have a very good chance. Or I have a very good feeling it will be. Uh, and this record just delivers, man. It, it's, it's exactly what you need when you need this kind of record. It's got Hell, Self-Immolate, Planet B, Superbug. Superbug, man. Mars for the Rich. I mean, there's not a bad song on this record. Yeah, there really isn't, man. Like, <sighs> Superbug, Organ Farmer, Perihelion. Organ Farmer. I mean, I listened to Planet B and Hell when we were, you know, because we're trying to pick, like, our favorite intros and outros. Yeah, uh, and they're both like Planet B and Hell both ended up on both of those lists for me. You know, it's just like from end to end, this record is brutal and fun and catchy and uh, a little goofy, a little goofy, and such a delight to listen to. Like you, none of these descriptions that we're using make you think that the album's gonna like production wise going to sound good, but it does. <laughs> It, it you can only you can only listen to it and then you will kind of get it uh is you know it, it just makes sense yeah i mean if that tells you anything listeners buddies if you have not heard this record uh it's on one of it's Brett's number 3 of the year you know we talked about almost 50 albums this year if not more 
Yep. So that should tell you something. Fuck yeah, man. I was hoping that'd be on your list. Well, tell me, man, about your number three. Super bug. All right, In well. my blood. <laughs> I, uh, man, I had a hard time, dude. And I had to ch- pick one hip-hop record because we listened to a lot of goodies. And if Tierra Whack isn't going to be on there, if Little Sims isn't going to be on there. Oh. If. You know, little the Little Sims record was not as good the second time around. I gotta say, uh, I don't know if you've re-listened to it, but it didn't hit me as hard. Yeah, I re-listened to it. I thought it was, I thought it was, I, I thought it was good, and then I listened to Gray Area again. It was like, wow, so much better. That was such a good album, and I get that she was trying to go for a more grandiose thing, and yeah, like you know, it's not like the songs are bad by any means, but man, the the first time we listened to it, we fucking loved it. Um, oh yeah. But I gotta say, dude, this record hit me way harder. I've listened to it probably fucking ten times since we talked about it on the podcast. It is ignorant as fuck, but I think in a tongue-in-cheek way. <laughs> it is Shut the Fuck Up Talking to Me by Zach Shut Fox. Shut the fuck up talking to me. Dude, and I mean, much less, I mean, Alchemist fucking, you know, produces the, the title track off the record. That's not enough to make me love it. But this album, dude... I still laugh listening to these songs. <laughs> it's it's just a goofy, fun record. It's just fun, man. You put it on like at a party, and you just g- dance and don't even think about it. Yeah, because you have a lot of like different vibes on this, uh, which is one of the reasons why I liked it a lot. Because you you go from really trappy beats to like super gangster fucking talking about shooting newsies and then you go to shit like fafo and um fuck around find out man like uh mind your business like mind your business has this great like 90s like kind of cheesy hip-hop beat going and then you have get off my dick which is a hilarious song and dude he has a line shitting on all these ends like i got two butts Oh my god, dude. He has some of the best lines on this record. I mean, and then you have like Fafo that has like a super stonery beat and everything. Like uh, him talking about he's so broke he's eating oxygen sandwiches. <laughs> I mean, there are so many lines. This is just one liner after one liner, and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I think Zach Fox is just one of those like casually hilarious dudes who doesn't even need to try. You know? Yeah. He has this um this effortless cool. To him. And that's all fine and good. Uh, and he, I'm sure he's a good person. I'm sure he's great. But he sure doesn't deserve any of these beats. I, I was going through my notes, listening to this record, and I, I remembered you saying that. Like, this motherfucker does not deserve this good of, of music on his record. Because he, this is basically his debut album, right? Yeah. I, he's released a couple singles before. I don't think he was seriously going for it. And... This thing just dropped out of seemingly nowhere to me. Dude, banger beats throughout the whole thing. It, it made me wish I had fucking subwoofers in my brain. And there's also like a lot of... Interestingly, there's a lot of horror vibes on this record. Yeah, like on Bane. Like that grimy-ass fucking beat. Yeah. Like it sounds like a blown-out speaker. and like, Walking down the block like Bane. Walking on the block like Bane. Like, he has this, yeah, he has this horror aesthetic throughout the whole thing that just made me love it, too. Just like Infest the Rat's Nest. Right. 
except in a wholly different way. Yeah, totally different way. But man, he has this great like fake tough guy uh, personality on this record, and I gotta say it's fake because I, uh, to me, he's a comedian. He's not a, a rapper, but he's so believable and his he's so convincing in his lyrics, despite them being really fucking funny, that you're like, I can't tell if this is satire or not. And that's another reason why I love this record. Ugh. Yeah. Man. I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but it's fucking hilarious. No, it's, it's funny. It, it It's funny. It, it is what it is. And I don't think he was trying to go for too much more, but we'll see. We'll see if he releases another record. I would love to hear another one by him, man. Cause I, I was really, really blown away by how much I liked this one. I did not, did not think I was going to like this at all. <laughs> also, like, really short, like 20 minutes, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's only seven minutes longer than Tierra Wax's album. It's 22 minutes long, but I just, I can't deny the the bangerness of the this record. The bangerness. That's just, it's, this record is just, reverberates off the walls, man. You listen to this with really good headphones and it fucking makes your eardrums gyrate <laughs> makes your eardrums and your and your booty gyrate that's just, i can't help it man and i'm like I'm beating down the block like bane like i'm singing along to every single thing all the lines that i can catch because he's just going off on every song but there's so many great references like all these 90s like tv and wrestling references and all these like you know calling out other rappers like paying homage to them and I just there's so much to love about this record and even stuff like Boy I'm on your ass which is I think probably like one of the weaker songs on the <laughs> on the record but that beat has this like and I I know that I know what that sound is from what that sample is from but I can't figure it out but it's a it's a sample that I know it's from something that would is gonna make me laugh once I figure out what it's from. So it makes me like it. Dang. Well, I thought that would surprise you a little bit that I picked that one. That it did. It definitely did. Yeah. Uh, but Zach Fox just kind of surprised everyone. I think. Yeah, and I mean, you remember when we listened to it on the shorty? I didn't. I give it like a nine point two or some shit. Yeah, you have a tendency to just rate these shorties way too high. Dude, I gotta tell you, man. Like, now you know when you're looking at my year long of of album uh, reviews, it's like my first impression. I either fucking love it or hate it mm-hmm. most of the time. That's true. You know? So, like, that's what like Little Sims. I loved it. I must have given it a nine point something, maybe a, maybe a high eight on that episode. But then re listening to it, it it definitely didn't hit as hard, you know. And and I know a lot of these records would do would do that. Like a lot of these shorties, it's like I go back to it and I'm like, oh, maybe I was a little too hard on this or like, wow, I was stoned and fucking loved this. And it was just like the mood and the setting and everything just matched up perfectly for me to love this record, you know? Right. <laughs> Which is the case for a lot of these things. So that's why like Zach Fox, it stood the test of time, man. I listened to that in a lot of different settings and a lot of different moods and I loved it every time. Well, let me tell you about let me tell you about the album that I loved every time as well, in, in different settings and all that. Your numero two. I look. Look, hear me out. Look, look at me. Look me in the eyes. Don't smoke right now. Can we just glow on Fine. right now? Fine. Huh? Can we just glow on right now? Oh, buddy, thank you. 
My number you, two Brent. album of the podcast is Glow On by Turnstile. I was reluctant. Like it's a holiday! I was reluctant to put this on the list just because it was a shorty. And I felt bad that it wasn't like an album Lucas chose. But Lucas's first album that he brought up wasn't mine either. So it's fine. Yeah, man. It's not going to... It's You know, it, I might have a few shorties on my list. Oh, shit. I mean, you got to think, though. Zach Fox, uh, you suggested that one. That's true. You know? That's so true. that technically was a recommendation Still going to take the you. credit for it. The Turnstile record, like, I was so fucking excited to hear this album. And, dude, it kind of blew us away. I was room temp. I was lukewarm at best. To I knew you were. I knew you were, man. Because I checked them out before, and I thought they didn't really have much to pull me in. And then the this record comes on, and mystery happens. And then the riff for Blackout comes in. And the beat Amazing. comes in with the different percussive instruments and it this record just blew us away man every track it it was like the most like youtube like whoa kind of like first reaction thing yeah you could have taken a like a year's worth of thumbnails from our fucking reactions to oh this. yeah yeah man mystery opens up like such a cool 90s grungy vibe to it and then you go into Blackout and they have that like fucking Latin vibe in Blackout. Yeah. Man, this album really, really, really impressed me. Oh, yeah, man. It's such a cool record. I'm excited to see if anyone is influenced by this. I sh- certainly am. I've already yeah. written a couple songs for my punk band burn band that have kind of taken inspiration from this really yeah and just like i love the latin grooves incorporated with the punk vibes and like the kind of hardcore tendencies oh yeah man they have some hardcore their hardcore moments are really fun on this record but what got me into turnstile was their their brand of hardcore punk like i I'm just now, maybe in the last like year, year and a half, like getting into hardcore punk and finally giving it a chance like that and, th- and thrash. And when I found these guys, I'm like, oh, this is my brand. This is like the my brand. type of, yeah, this is the type of hardcore punk I want to listen to forever. And they, they blew me away on the, you know, a couple of the records I listened to maybe earlier this year. And I got so excited when I saw, uh, TLC, I like saw it on Instagram, mm, yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit, this el- this record's gonna be even better than the ones I've heard by them already." And I did not expect to hear so much Latin influence. No, on this I didn't expect to hear so much bedroom pop influence on this. Yeah, and almost like new wave in some of the guitar tones. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that combination of kind of new wave, post punk, bedroom pop, all that stuff. The they really just like kept you guessing, man. There's there's not a lot of music that will. I feel like we both have heard so much fucking music that we can kind of predict where songs are gonna go. Yeah, not not at all with this record. Not at it, all. It kept us on our toes. There were. A couple songs that maybe were a little filler, 
there were some other songs that maybe you didn't like what they did. I liked it. I liked that they had a couple softer songs. Uh, that yeah, like uh, Alien Love Call. Alien Love Call, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as well as the the last song was a little kind of not exactly the climax, the ending that we were hoping for. It's very odd. They They fade out. And then come fade back in and end the song. It's a very weird outro. Yeah. Uh, but that being but stuff said, like Underwater Boy. I love Underwater Boy. And that's a slower song. It's fucking great. It's <laughs> got a long way to go. So catchy. Underwater. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. The singer's voice I didn't really care for until this record. And I think I finally got it. Mm, okay. I understood what he was doing. Well, he's singing a lot more on, on Glow On. Than their previous stuff, you know, he was doing hardcore punk, so he's kind of just like yelling at you on some of the older records. Like, you listen to Holiday, this is a fucking straight up like this is a radio single. Yeah, so like, cool. it's a holiday. But I'm never done. I wanna celebrate. I love that riff. So many good riffs on here. So many great. So many good. So many fantastic songs. I I can't. It almost hurt me to put this as number two, but number one is there for a very big reason. So let's just hurry up and get to it. <laughs> just get to it, man. I just want to call out also Fly Again is a song, because uh, I listened to this to Glow On. I listened to this record like five times in the last week trying to figure out if I'm going to put it in mm. my top three. Um, and the, some of the songs that I disliked when we listened to it the first time, I like a lot more now. Oh, well, that's good. And the ones that I loved, I love even more. So this record was a very, very close, like, number two or three for me. Dang, so what was your number two that beat this thing out? Man, you know, it was another uh, shorty. It was one that I was really, really excited to listen to. And one that really blew me away with how different... Uh, the music was and I expected. Oh, it it's Crawler by Idols. Yeah, dude. Yep. I knew the second that I saw this thing on upcoming albums, like, well, yep, that's what that album's going to be. Lucas is going to go gaga for this thing. <laughs> Were you, are you not a huge Idols fan? You're not, right? No, I'm not a huge Idols fan. I, I think I get what they're doing and I'm for it. But it's I'm never really in a in a mood for it. Like there are definitely some songs that I really like by Idols, but usually their stuff is pretty like all right. It was pretty good, but nothing nothing that I'm gonna listen to more than three or four times. Yeah, this record um, I had to step away from it for a little while after we talked about it on the shorty because it's a really um, heavy record in multiple sense of the word um it is just it is a fucking aggressive album you have songs like the wheel that just like uh when that when that song drops the can i get a hallelujah and it's just these they they have mastered the single note riff you know oh yeah and making it somehow so heavy and so fucking like Oh, just so like satisfying every time they fucking do it. And it is, you know, it is a fallback. It is something that the idols do a lot. And I 
would not blame someone if they said that they don't like idols just because they have that fallback. It's kind of the same thing. Like you don't like King Gizzard because they have so many of those like moments, you know, the, the diddly doos. Um, they fall back on it. Idols fell back on that a lot, but I think that's kind of what got them to this point. Like people fucking loved it. You know, not a lot of bands were doing that at the time. And this album kept everything that I loved about idols. They kept all of the vibes this all the shit that I love and then added so much to it and it really blew me away they added so much post-punk uh, influence on this that they clearly have had their whole career but they really embraced it on this record like songs like When the Lights Come On and yeah. uh, Beachland Ballroom I songs mean, like that like that was, a, that was a wholly different vibe completely and I, I believe that yeah. was the Kenny Beats one that was one of the Kenny Beats ones. He did two on this record. And I think the other one that he did was Progress. And Progress is another one that, like, you listen to it and you're, it really kind of blows your mind that it's, an even, it's even an idol song. Right. And also that it's produced by Kenny Beats because it doesn't sound like any Kenny Beats stuff either. No, no. Kenny definitely was, um, I think he's worked with idols in the past before, but it seems like he was going out of his... Uh, comfort zone a little bit too and and it did sound like he had an influence on on the songs because they're some of the catchier ones on the record right and very different yeah and uh the, the episode of the cave came out uh a week or so ago with him and idols i still I haven't watched, watched it, it man i haven't i'm so excited <laughs> it's um, it's like it's it's fun it's pretty stupid you can tell i bet it's stupid you could tell they're kind of chill with each other yeah, they must be friends by now. Yeah, for uh, sure. And I'm I'm just curious what Joe Talbot did, uh, you know, in the studio for a fucking rap song. I'm guessing is what he made him. But, uh, dude, really, what blew me away on this record was um, Joe, the singer. He right. He made this album for me. Definitely, definitely going for a lot of things that maybe he didn't have the courage to go to for before right maybe so yeah yeah i mean you have stuff stuff like car crash uh that he's essentially rapping right on it yeah and, and doing well like i believe <laughs> it, it was the last song where it was like a lot of like harmonies and just like very ambient reverby vocals yeah really fun to sing along to um uh, on a lot of this album and he did so much actual, and I don't mean this like to be insulting, but he did a lot of actual singing <laughs> on this record. Where yep. you know he has that fucking idol's delivery, man. It's just angry. It's loud. It's fucking punk rock. Um, but he's not. It's not always uh, very nuanced, and he doesn't always do a lot of different things on a record, which is, might be another reason why someone might not like idols. Right. I would say if you if that's one reason why you haven't enjoyed Idols a lot in the past because it's just maybe repetitive, listen to this album because he does a lot of singing on it and he's fucking pissed and he's struggling. He's a crawler. And he's a he's literally dealing with like substance abuse and trying to be a better person and dealing with the anger and the highs and lows that come through all of that and he takes you. The band and the music, and especially Joe, 
takes you through that journey on this record. And it was not something I expected just more of the same. And I would have been completely happy with it. And I got so much more than that. And, and yeah, man, uh, this, to me, this is Joe's breakout album. Um, and I would not be surprised if he does solo music after this record. Well, remains to be seen. Remains to be seen, man. What a dark, heavy album. And, uh, puts me in a mood, man, but it's something that I love the journey listening to this record for sure yeah i'm not afraid to say i've cried listening to this album really Mm -hmm. you never did it in front of me you want me to cry right now yeah if you could all right um let me find my pliers what are you using those for i usually have clamps or pliers near my computer for when i get into my my me time have you checked under your shirt i already have the nipple clamps on Yep, see that? I told you, you always forget. Dude, I told you I need to buy some new ones, man. These things are losing their... their <laughs> losing their grip. Yeah, they're losing grip. <laughs> <laughs> I, need new, I need new clamps. Look, you gotta, you gotta get new ones every couple weeks. Not a lot of people know that, but you gotta keep them fresh. That's true, especially the fuzzy ones, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, they get dirty so quickly. You gotta wash them or just get new ones. Get dirty so quick. <laughs> Why are your nipples so dirty? <laughs> hey man, don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to. That's a, that's a very good that's good advice. Um, with that said, Brett, this I think it's time. I think it's time too, and I honestly don't think there's going to be much surprise here, unless I'm mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if I'll be surprised. I don't think either of us are going to be surprised from our number ones. No. Uh, I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to I'm just going to go through it. Yep. It My is number time one. for choice knocks. <laughs> it's time. It is time. It is time for choice knocks. It is time. It is time. It is time for choice nugs. It is time. It is time. It is time for choice nugs. What's your choice nug, Brett? What is your number one album of the year? The people, the people want to hear it, Brett. They're so excited. Oh, Lucas! Everyone's on the edge of their seat. Their their hands are cupped behind their ears, trying to get every reverberation, every frequency into their brain that they can. And I'll tell them, sir, you should have known. People. You should have known what my number one was. Because it's, people, it's written in the podcast. It says it's in it the goddamn in name. the podcast title. Number it's one, the-, the Resignation by RX oh, Bandits. Oh, man. You might, you might see me cry, Brett. It's, you might see me cry right now. Look, RX Bandits are one of my favorite bands of all time. Same, dude. Uh, if not, I think they are my favorite. This is this is a fantastic record by them. I don't know if it's still your favorite record, but I know it was for a very long time. It I it still is and I think it probably will forever be my favorite record. I personally like Mandala a little better. Uh, Cuz that's the first one you heard by them. Yeah, and it also has better songs, too. Oh god. And by the time they get to Mandala, they don't have horns anymore. So you've automatically. Okay. Well, you, I mean, yeah. they had you clearly horns. don't know what you're talking about. They had horns on in the battle begun, right? Yeah. Yeah. So horns don't always make everything better. 
Well, uh, I don't know if I, I think I'm such a huge Ars Bandits fan. I don't think I can admit that I don't like any anything by them. Like, there's not one album that from progress on that I gotta say. Like, I can't say I, I dislike any of them. I can. But the Resignation is by far my favorite. Uh, and it it was a fantastic record, and it was our first episode. I can't believe it. And every time I listen to it, I think about it. I think about our first episode. We go track by track. We talk about every song, the meaning behind every line. It took like two hours. I think it was a two and a half hour episode before it got edited down to a nice clean two hours. Oh my God, dude. And that's when we discovered audio drift. Oh boy. (laughs) It was two and a half oh, hours boy. of every three to four minutes having to realign the audio because <laughs> because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. But you know, every every tiny little edit, every little frustration, every little new vein that popped onto my forehead was worth it. It was so worth it. It was our first of many podcast episodes. And it's just a fantastic album that talks about a lot of really cool things, a lot of very cool lyrics, a lot of amazing drum parts, beats, Incredible. fills, fantastic vocals, fantastic guitar work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, like horns. everything. The ho- the horns are great. The riffs are fucking great. The Matt Embry's vocals, incredible. Yeah. Like, they forever will be my favorite vocalist. Steve Choi is an, an incredible like keyboardist and and I think he's lead guitarist. I mean, everyone in the band is just like holding like holding their own and all have times to shine. And you can just tell like to me it just sounds like this they they locked themselves in a garage and wrote this album. Well, There's a certain energy to the whole thing. I mean, it was all it was basically a lot of live work, wasn't it? They did, uh, you know, it's, that's something that when you grow up, you, you realize, and it's so fucking weird to like, think like Bleak 182 recording What's My Age Again. They didn't record those parts at the same time. Like, it's weird to think that the band is not playing all together and recording that, you know? It's like the drums recorded, the guitar recorded separately, the bass recorded separately. That's usually how it's done. Yeah. That's usually how it's done because like, you know, professionally you want to, you want to nail all the notes. So like guitarists are, are usually sitting down while they're recording all their parts. Like you see like metal guitarists, like recording their solos and you picture them like, I fucking stand in like in the studio, just like wailing, you know, like going off and like, no, they're just sitting down in a very quiet room and just paying really close attention to what they're doing. Got their hair tied behind their back, hair tied behind their head. Really focusing. They got their finger glove, fingerless gloves on because it's a little cold in the studio. Yeah, and they, uh, you know, it's it's weird to think that bands don't record their songs live, which is what they call it live when they're doing it all together. And they, I mean, you can hear it on the resignation that they're all in the same room. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if some drum, you know, gets you know, there's some drum bleed into the the fucking guitar mics, you know. Yeah, but you know, it's it it sounds fantastic. All the Incredible. all the pitfalls of recording like that were avoided and they made a fantastic sounding record, man. It's yeah. my number one album that we've talked about on the podcast in twenty twenty one. That's so cool that your number one record is the is the first episode we did, man. 
we we came out the gate. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. I w- I'd be lying if I said it wasn't part of the reason why it's number one. Is that I it mean, has a lot of sentimental value. That's that's uh, part of the reason why it's my favorite record of all time. You know, and that's that has a lot to do with uh, with music, man. Play like setting, set and setting, or right. something like that. That's it's so huge. I mean, um, yeah, just like. Uh, it just kind of where you are in life when you listen to this music and this is nothing new but like the context that you put onto an album is a huge factor in how you perceive the album yeah um, it is huge and and that's that made the big difference for me in picking these records these top three man because it was you know that little Sims album hit really hard in that mood in that setting at that time and the times I listened to it after that, it wasn't nearly as impactful. Um, and, you know, like albums become, music becomes your soundtrack for like certain periods of your life. Right. And Resignation was my soundtrack for, I'll just say, all of high school. And Rx Bandits almost became like <laughs> like a, my personality for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I I am touched that uh, you know that we can share the love for this record because you don't you don't hear or like me you don't meet a lot of people who even know who the Rx Bandits are. So right, uh, yeah, man, it's that's so exciting that you love this album as much as I do, man. And I and I didn't know that you were a Rx Bandits fan until we fucking did this podcast, which was crazy. Yeah, I, we kind of briefly brought it up at band practice one day. At the time, I wasn't so into them. Uh, but I've definitely gotten more and more into them throughout this year, and now I'm a huge fan. Huge. Huge fan. Well, man, I think it's time for my number one. And Choice Nugs, Choice Nugs, baby Lucas, what's your choice nug? You know me, buddy. I'm I'm your I'm your beluga. You're my you're and my little baby beluga. I am, and uh. I weigh half a ton. Yeah. And I'm always wet for some reason. Always just kind of sweating. I, I assumed it was sweat, but is it is it not? Is it something else? I don't know what it is. No one really does. I don't it's, think. It, the smell is off-putting. Now, you attract, like, minnows from far away <laughs> to kind of munch on your, on your dead skin. Dogs are constantly licking my legs. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't think it's going to surprise you, man. This was, uh, you know, I want to look up what episode number it was, but this was my favorite song of the year. It is one that you suggested that we talk about. Mm -hmm. And it was a band that I never would have listened to had it not been for your recommendations. And this album, dude, it, you know, if, if Aris Bandits was my record that, 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 or if Aris Bandits was not my record that I brought to the pod, it probably would have been my number one just for, you know, out of respect. But this was on episode number 31, so this wasn't that long ago. It was only a couple months ago, and this album has been huge for me, and it's Space is Still the Place by Bright Light Social Hour. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, I don't know, man. That album is something else, really. It really is, man. It, uh, it was a grower, not a shower for me also, because I went into a preconceived notions on, who Bright Light Social Hour were, what they were trying to do, you know, based off of, because we listened to their first record 
I think that was episode like three or four. Oh yeah, very early. And on. yeah, yeah, man. It, I went into this thinking I knew what I was gonna hear, and I was gonna like it. Um, and how different this album was. It is so much more psychedelic, desert rock, trippy, atmospheric. That I did not expect that, man. And like we said it on the last episode, it's like these guys took like peyote <laughs> and had a they saw some stuff. Yeah, something changed their lives, man. Because this is the the desert in music form to me. Yeah, it's 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 a trip of an album. I'm I almost I am kind of glad that I made you listen to the first album first, just so you would get thrown so off guard with this one yeah uh i would probably hate the first record if i listened to it after <laughs> this one because it's so much more bluesy this has a lot less of the blues in it and it's like it's honestly so um unique to me like i don't i haven't heard a lot of albums and songs that sound like this like it, you want to say like an easy point of comparison for psych rock is something like pink floyd but this doesn't there's maybe one song on here that sounds like pink floyd you know yeah. like it's not all that no it's something it's it's calling it space rock i think is actually insulting uh Spa- yeah but, it doesn't even capture it but it has that cosmic kind of feeling to it it has that space to it it has that like I don't know it's just it puts you in this room in your mind and you see the universe with it yeah but there's still a groove there think like a giant cave like a huge domed cave and this band is like 10 feet tall (laughs) because the just the drums this album is so huge huge sounding and like the drums and the bass make it sound massive like it would fill a fucking like stadium and make it just reverberate yeah yeah like songs like infinite cities and dream love and sea of the edge like they envelop me when i listen to them like it makes me space out and i just get in this 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 album just puts me in such a relaxed mood and it's so almost dreamy the whole time. Right. But they mix in like soul music and dance music and almost like house and techno at times. Yeah, I've when I would listen to this record uh, coming, coming up on our award ceremonies, you know, you just feel... To me, it has this perfect combination, this perfect balance of psych and airiness and room mixed with focus and groove and something tangible you know that keeps you that keeps you alive in this sea of just existing (laughs) ah man yeah it does feel like cosmic is just such a great way to describe this album yeah like when i describe that cave with the dome roof I'm picturing like a planetarium type of display on the roof where it's just nothing but galaxies and nebulas and stars. And just like this album takes me there, man. And uh, it's the production's incredible. 
the the themes are really fucking fun. Like this mix of like Afrofuturism and and progressivism and mm-hmm. all this really stoner shit, man. Like all this <laughs> super just right up my fucking alley. And I I just like it's quickly becoming one of my favorite albums. We I remember talking about it on the episode where we were trying to we got to the rankings and it was almost like we were fighting with ourselves yeah. trying to find something we didn't like about this record trying to how find a reason this? that it wasn't yeah. a 10. Yeah, how close was this to being a 10? There's literally nothing I don't lo- there's there's nothing to dislike for me on this record. Yeah, and it you know, in that regard it's almost like well then why would we give it anything less than a 10 if we love everything about it? There's not a single thing I hate there's really not many things I don't love about it. Yeah. I don't think there are any bad songs on it. I think some songs do shine more than others, but like a, any album is going to be like that. Yeah, I mean, they're not every song on this record is a 10 for me personally because I just get I get I tire and I'm very tired of the Black Keys-esque blues uh music that was so huge for so fucking long there. <laughs> and uh, there's a little bit of it creeps into this album, like on um, Slipstream and maybe like a little bit of Sweet Madeline and Ghost Dance, you know? But it's like they have so much of the psych stoner spaciness mixed in with that blues that I, it makes me love them. And it's like, fuck these guys. Right. Yeah. I, <laughs> man. Yeah, dude. I just like... They're very, they're, you know, there's only a few albums in your life that I think have such an impact on you and just grab you. Um, and it's almost like if I start a song, I have to finish it. And honestly, if I listen to one song like at random from this record, I just end up listening to the whole thing. Right. I just, I listen to the whole album after that because it's like, this is the best fucking like light a fucking joint. Let, sit in your most comfortable chair put on the really good headphones and just get lost just for like 40 minutes just play it from the top man and this thing is gonna treat you so nice it's gonna it's, coddle it's gonna wrap you in its arms like a newborn baby the transitions between songs are so fluid and make so much sense yeah and the song arrangement is fantastic, keeps you interested, uh, and it's got a great intro, Sweet Madeline, that kind of builds up through the whole song, even though Sweet it might be a little more Madeline. blues. Yeah. Uh, Amazing vocals throughout the whole album. And a, a fantastic outro as well. Amazing. That That just kind of leaves you that kind of like you wake up from this trance and you're back in the real world. It's like, yeah, the last 40 minutes of my life with this kind of disappeared into the cosmic realm. Yeah. Like what happened? What just happened? Um, (laughs) God, dude, I fucking love this album. Thank you so much for forcing me to listen to it. Oh dude, you are so welcome. I can't wait to force you to listen 
to a bunch of other albums that you are going to like a lot less this next year. <laughs> I think I'm going to continue trying to bring albums that I think we would both enjoy to the pod. But if you would like to bring albums that you think are going to challenge me, I accept that challenge. Well, I've done it before and I'll do it again. I, you know, obviously I'm bringing a lot of albums that I think you'll like, but there have been times I've been completely off the ball. You know, I mean, Lizzo, Lizzo was a fucking, uh, a really lucky home run for you. Yeah. I you honestly, closed your eyes and swung with that one. I thought you were going to like physical world a lot more than you did. <laughs> I thought I thought it's catchy. I thought I would too, actually. He loves yeah. catchy. It it goes kind of hard. It's got an energy. It's dancey. Yep, I like all those things. But nope, that that one was a flop on you, and that's why I'm just not gonna try with you anymore, Lucas. Because you, <laughs> you know, you never know what someone's gonna like. Yeah, I don't. But you just found out, listeners, what our fucking six favorite records that we listened to this year were, and. They're all fucking good, man. I would say a solid 85% of the albums that we've listened to this year have been good, if not fucking great. Oh, yeah. It, it, don't worry. We're going to get into the negatives yeah, we're, on this oh, next we, episode. We will. Yeah, we're going to spill the tea uh, because we try really hard to be fucking political and, and you know, objective uh, as often as we can, and we don't like shitting on things, but I'm going to have a lot of fun shitting on stuff next week. Oh, boy. There there are a couple albums, and uh, people aren't going to like it. Dude, the bad ones are bad. The bad ones were bad this year. Yep. Yeah, the bad ones were bad, and I assume we're going we're gonna to find some even worse ones next year. Oh, yeah, especially if we keep doing shorties. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, shit, man. I... Uh... I don't know. What would you What would you rate this episode, man? I'm gonna rate this episode, man. I'm gonna rate this episode a nine point six. Nine point six. I'm gonna rate it a nine point six. And that's and it's a nine point six from all of us here at Earbud Studios. Thank you all for listening so much. Uh, thank you for tuning into the podcast to the YouTube channel. Uh, if you're on Patreon, I swear we'll get those rewards to you. Uh, it's just going to take coming, another four or five months. Yeah, we'll, we'll catch up. I mean, we have a lot of work to do. We got some catching up to do. I admit it. But look, you know, there, uh, there's another reward like that you could have. That is following us on Instagram at EBP casts, Jean-Luc Guitard, Brett Hanrahan, that's another mm-hmm. reward in a way. Mm-hmm. What about a uh, what about YouTube? YouTube.com slash earbuds podcast. You can see our shorties there. Mm-hmm. You can uh, you can see uh, that's about it on there. But well, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> we got the regular episodes up there as well, most of the time. Most of the, I th- yeah, unless something fucks up, which, you know, I'm not gonna check in on it, so I don't care. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Get ready for, uh, this is the last episode of the year, right? Yeah, it's the last episode of the year. Thank you so much for listening to, to us this year. See you you all in 2022. 
if if I could have a second, you know, I'll do this on the award ceremony too. But look, guys, New Year's resolutions, it, reinventing yourself. Go yeah. ahead and just make a podcast, man. Just, just. I know, I know you've been, I know you've wanted to make one. Just go ahead. Everyone wants one. Everyone has at least one thing that they're really, really interested about. Make your podcast self-serving, man. It's been one of the yeah. funnest things that I've ever done. Just, yeah. Choose a topic. Choose an easy topic. Music, movies, TV shows. Don't even choose a topic. Just get your friends together and crowd around the computer, Mike, and talk. just go ahead and talk into that. Use a compressor. Do find a five-minute video on YouTube on how to use a compressor. That's gonna change literally everything. Yep. For you, and just yep. do it, man. Like, no one can stop you. You don't even have to pay for it. You could just put it on YouTube or SoundCloud or something. And who just, gives a fuck if anyone listens, man? Like, if no one's listening to this right now, I'm still having a blast. Yeah. If we if we cared about how many people listen to this podcast, it would have been done ages ago. Yeah. For real. And, uh, I mean, I check the numbers every day, but that's just because it's part of my routine. All right? You don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't You don't got to pay attention to that stuff like Lucas does. No. And I advise you to not. Um, but, you know, if you've been listening to us this year, like, dude, fucking let us know, you know, what's, what's your favorite album that we've talked about this year? Like, what's your least favorite? Maybe you'll give us some ideas for the next episode, which is going to be the first ever annual inaugural nuggie awards the the nuggies we have to come up with a better name no the nuggies that's it i don't know about that but (laughs) no matter what it's called we'll see y'all there very fun episode very long episode i'm sure oh it will be and it'll be a lot of preparation on our part so we hope you guys listen and enjoy and it's gonna be really fun yeah Uh, and thanks for listening to this buddies Brett, I, I, uh, good? Good. Bye, buddy. Bye, y'all. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>